Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is great. Yeah, sorry, so sorry, I was I was late for this recording because I went to a a chain pizza location in the suburbs, which of course you know means that everything's gonna go smoothly uh, during the pandemic. And there was a father of uh, two kids and and what looked to be a very terrified woman that I'm hoping is his wife and not a kidnapping victim in front of me. Uh, it's like it's like a Chipotle format. Uh, I'm not trying to give any uh you know anything away for the pizza place, although I think that this guy was gonna have a blaze of heartburn afterwards from the morning. But uh, yeah, he's just yelling at like he's like, hey, uh, can I get all our pizzas together so my family and I can eat together so we don't have to wait like 10 minutes a piece? He's like, I know you got online orders, but they can wait. And I'm like, sir, you are waiting on a lot of things. Uh, probably the day that your kids say I love you without fear in their voice, because they I can tell that they live in fear of you. I'm like, if you're this demanding of a bunch of teenagers on a Sunday afternoon during a pandemic, there is no way that your children have ever said, Daddy loves me without, I hope he does after it in their mind. <laughs> Just complete jackass. And I saw the movie Jackass this week, so oh, yeah. I'm on a roll with that. Yeah. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 52. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Howdy. Hi. Oh, wow. My Apple thing just said playing music. Like, I, oh, wow. Like, I, I literally hit, hit a note that my wow. computer registered. How about that? That's some, that's some nice vocal cords there. Well, it is. It is an exciting week here in BBB land, isn't it, buddy? It is. And uh, for more than one BBBV, because we are kicking off uh, now the Brain Buster Boys Bengals Bonanza or BBBBB. It's like it's like you're in a funhouse mirror, but with the second letter of the alphabet, it's crazy. It's a pentagon of bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You get out there for a second. We're still in disbelief here that the Bengals are six days away from yeah. playing in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. It is. Yeah, six days away. Wow. Just the beginning yeah, of once, the week. Once like, we got – yeah, this is Monday. We're recording this. Um, yeah, it's like once this week has started, it, it, it hit me a little more today. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, now, it's officially Super Bowl week. Now all the promo materials coming out, like all the like the bombardment of articles – uh, you know, every, and, and from every sports corner on the internet, and the Bengals are dead center of them. Uh, yeah, like when yeah. that when that picture came out of SoFi Stadium last week. That oh had, yeah, like, the Bengals logo and like the Bengals end zone. It's like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, and there are some people complaining. They're like, why didn't they put the tiger stripes in there? And I'm kind of glad they didn't. I think that would have yeah. been a bit much because it's cause, yeah, you it know, looks good. Yeah, it looks I, crisp. I, I I prefer the monochrome. Um, I will say about this year's Super Bowl logo, I have not liked when they've gone to the real boring standard when they've done it since XL, I think. Yeah. 
And, um, but now you could see like the trop, like the palm trees and stuff and kind of like the sort of LA sunset, if you will, colors. And at least they've kind of a nod to that. Cause I miss the old gaudy, like big ones that are like theme for town. And and, like, even the NCAA has done this. So, uh, please, uh, um, large sports organizations, hire graphic designers and take that leash off. Yeah, I saw the Bengals just had a pep rally tonight down at Paul Brown Stadium, and the whole team was wearing, like, basically sweatsuits with, like, white sweatsuits with the Bengals and the Super Bowl logo. And That's uh, red. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get some sort of outfit, you know, with it, win or lose. Well, yeah. like, so as you'll hear our guest coming up here, he actually talks about uh, the choice to not purchase AFC Championship uh, memorabilia because he's waiting to get the Super Bowl memorabilia. Yeah. More on that in a second, but uh, – <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm. That's the thing. Like, I'm. I'm with him because, like, I want to get Super Bowl shit. But obviously, if we don't win, I'm still definitely going to get a T-shirt or something. To oh yeah, yeah. Or more. Like, this has been the most special sports year, sports season of my life. I mean, I know we had Louisville win the NCAA tournament in 2013. But for me, being born and bred in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, you know, even if we lose this game, this is already bigger for me. Uh, where I'm curious for you where this compares to Louisville's championship run, because it, 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 it's, it's a little harder. Well, it, uh, there are two different things. The Louisville thing had, had been a bigger like building up through my life being there at school. Correct. You know, I've gone to a grand total of zero Bengals games and I've got I, I, I've probably gone to. 30 plus Louisville basketball games. You've never been to a single Bengals game. Never have. You probably told me that at some point, but I yeah. just didn't. The, 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 the only uh, NFL game I've been to was uh, Dolphins at Colts at the RCA Dome. And that's when, you know, you had Peyton Manning and uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison and them and Ricky Williams was playing for the Dolphins. then. so that's all I could go. Yeah. It was, but yeah. Um, and another thing I thought was funny was whenever the offense was out, they had this like librarian lady come up on the screen and she was like, shh, you know, like to silence the crowd while the offense was out. Did the Bengals do that? Uh, no, no, they don't really. Wow. Be, 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 the Colts that. totally did a thing where it were like, you know, they had a thing up on the video screen that was like, be quiet. No, that's yeah. interesting, though. It's yeah. like uh, the librarian Peter Avalon back in his old gimmick when he first started. But essentially, uh, but uh, no, I'll have to make it out to a Bengals game uh, eventually. But um, to, to kind of go back to the point, the Louisville thing had been building throughout my entire life, and then they. You know, went, went to the Final Four in 2012, lost to UK, but you knew kind of coming in that that team was going to be, you know, one of the big contenders, a if not the big contender. The season happened, you know, that only solidified it. So it felt a lot more like a crowning achievement. This is a complete yeah. shock. This is, well, just, yeah. yeah th- 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 that was the thing about Louisville. Like, we, they were the number one overall seed that yeah. year, final four year prior. You know, they were the number one overall seed like three years. Pr- so, yeah. like, they've been good for a yeah. while. Yeah the, ele- yeah. the element of disbelief in this uh, yeah. was not present <laughs> at all in the yeah. Louisville one. Like, the, like, just the element of just like what is going on. And as, as you'll hear us talk about in both of our interviews with Tabari and Jack um, about like the process of this sinking in. Like, cause everybody went through it and I had made the comparison that, you know, that the stages of Greece, there's like denial bargain, you know, da, 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 all the way up to acceptance. Like we went through this, like the opposite, I guess, or the inverse, like the stages of elation, you know, yes. like how to finally accept that something good happened to a franchise where you have grown to expect so much bad over the years. Um, it's remarkable. 
again, for me personally, I've <clears throat> worked interned for the team full time in 2013, 14, have still been on the game day staff. So I've been to shitloads of Bengals games because I go to pretty much everyone every year these days, not as a fan, but, you know, it's been ingrained in me. It's been around it my whole life. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty fucking special. We already talked about all this shit. So you mentioned our guests earlier. So yeah, we wanted to make this week special because how often do you get to go to the Super Bowl and, uh, celebrate this and have some fun. So, uh, exactly. it's Bengals Bonanza week, as you said. So we're going to have today's interview is with Tabari McCoy, who is a local Cincinnati comedian. He's a writer. Um, just a big Bengals fan, and he's someone that I've worked Bengals games with for the last nine years, and uh, he definitely brings a fun perspective to things, and we dig into his comedy career a little bit, too. But uh, So that's today's conversation, and then later this week, probably dropping Thursday, uh, we talked to Jack Brennan, who was my boss at the Bengals and the Bengals PR director for 23 years and actually covered the team for nine years prior to that as a newspaper reporter. And we also dig a little bit into his time in Memphis when he interviewed Jerry the King Lawler as a newspaper oh, writer, yeah, too. Yeah. So meet, there is a little interesting bit of people at that restaurant. Let me tell you. Oh, a little bit of wrestling. Well, and Tabari is a wrestling fan. So actually, he comes in pretty hot with uh, some wrestling impressions here. Um, of course. So, yeah, just very, very fun. Uh, two very interesting people and unique looks at the Bengals. Uh, for people who've, like me, been around the team, but significantly longer. So, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Just, uh, it's a celebration, bitches. Um, uh, anything you want to add before we get to it? No, uh, like I said, I'm excited. With, like, you know, to kind of go back to the Louisville comparison, I was nervous. Like, I could not watch part of the second half of the Wichita game. I just couldn't do it. The expectation. Was brutal. Yeah. What, what was to win, that this was it. And this feeling of playing with house money, it's just sort of like a giddiness where, like, you know, obviously when the game goes on or, the, like, in the hours before the game coming on, I'm going to be nervous. Oh, okay. I'm going to be drinking. That's going to help. But, uh, you know, like, this just has a much more kind of light feeling to it than, than the Louisville one just had a lot of weight. Like, we had to do this. And now this Bengals yeah. one is just, like, shit. You know, like I have, you know, all the confidence in the world. You've been using the phrase playing with house money. How else can we say it? Um, you know, the Bengals have everything going for them. Um, and nothing to lose. But before we get into it, <clears throat> let us tell you about our wonderful deal with Manscaped. Yes, yes. Where Manscaped. you can go to manscaped.com and use promo code BBB for 20% off and free shipping for all products like yes. your favorite, the plow 2.0. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought at, at this point, uh, what we might do is since we're nearing the end of our trial run, which ends on February the 9th, um, I wanted to talk about my two favorite pro my two most used products for manscaped. And the number one is the plow 2.0 uh, man. This is just a really cool razor. As I've said, it's old school. It's pretty easy to use. It's a little different. You got to learn how to relearn how to shave just a tiny bit, but man, is it rewarding when you feel just the hair, just kind of just gritting off. It's, it's, it's a really mm, nice yeah. experience. Grit it uh, off, baby. Yes, sir. And then my second favorite thing has got to be the crop preserver because that smell lingers. I swear for days, you know, like I know everyone's had problem with smelly taint. As I've said before, the taint is one of the smelliest areas on your body bar none. And this thing really, really does the trick, not just with that, but with chafing. Um, I've come to love these two products a whole lot. They're going to be in my rotation for hopefully years to come. 
Um, many, many years to come. Yeah, and, and I, I can write the Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then obviously the lawnmower 4.0. I did use it that once to shave my pubes. It's going to happen again. You know, they grow a little slowly, but we will. Uh, it'll be in service here before long. Yeah, you got to trim them down. Yeah, the crop preserver. Oh, my gosh, it is to die for. But yes, once again, that's promo code BBB at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on all products. Your balls will thank you. And you'll say you're welcome. Thank you, Manscaped. All right, Beaumont, are you ready to kick off the Brain Buster Boys Bangles Bonanza? The I true am. Pentagon of Bees? I am. It is a Pentagon. Yeah, yeah, the five. Yeah. Like our early days. But hey, we are excited to have our guest here today. He is a local Cincinnati stand up comedian and writer who has opened for the likes of Mike Berbiglia, Tom Segura, Tony Rock, the late Charlie Murphy. Tig Nataro, Sarah Kalana, Chris Porter, and John Caparulo, among others. He also has two albums, Lapping with the Panther, that came out in 2013, Remarkable in 2018. He has his own podcast, A Type 45 with Tabari McCoy. He writes McCoy on movies. I've worked Bengals games with this gentleman since 2013. He's a big wrestling fan and probably one of the most cynical Bengals fans I know. Tabari McCoy, welcome to the Brain Buster Boys. Oh yes, uh, it's very it's very fashionable that you would have a man like myself on this podcast. Now, uh, for those who are wondering why does he sound like that, that is because the spirit of the late great uh, Dusty Rhodes flows through me at all times, much like cheese uh, flows through uh, many of my veins, especially when I go and get pizza in the suburbs and have to deal with some very rude and crude individuals like Tully Blanchard. That is why. Uh, yes, what's up, Britt? Uh, and, you Bo? and you did not know that we actually encountered the spirit of Dusty Roads uh, in Rome, Georgia, as part of our uh, storyline, uh, in an old Roy Rogers. Uh, so that's oh, even wow. that's even funnier that you opened up with that because that is a, a kind of a bit of our uh, narrative history. So sure is, uh, you yes. know, I, Dusty Rhodes gave me hope as a kid because I'm like, this dude ain't never been in shape, and he gets to be a champion every once in a while. I'm all about it. I mean, I mean, you know, I've been watching wrestling since the '80s, and I was never going to be one of those dudes that was in shape because that requires like work and mm-hmm. dedication and like a good diet with a steady yeah. dose who, of exercise. Who wants to do the, all that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I saw Dusty Rose on TV when I was a kid and I was like, that's my guy. And people were like, well, didn't you root for like the black wrestlers? No, because all the black wrestlers in the 80s, with the exception of Junkyard Dog, were terrible. Coco Beware is in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't mm-hmm. know how. Man, I would wear my I would wear my Coco Beware mask to Bengals games. Remember? Yes, you would. And I was like, I feel like he's trying to antagonize me on purpose because I mean, no disrespect to Coco uh, as a person, but I was like, people know that bird Frankie better than they know Coco Beware. That is uh, true. I mean, I was gonna say, and, and speaking of cynicism, uh, as you can tell, this is something that is not new to me. I have no. only been cynical. Because, as you know, I interned with the Bengals back in 2000. 
in yes. the first year of the new stadium, uh, PBS, uh, not the network with the Muppets and uh, Elmo and whoever is causing controversy among super conservative po- politicians, as opposed to addressing things like homelessness and racism, because why do your job? Uh, but uh, no, uh, Paul Brown Stadium, uh, I got to see some of the worst football on a professional level of all time. Um, and as you also know, uh, the, the playoffs up until 2021 slash 22, until the double deuce, uh, our playoff games, we have been beat by a murderer's row of Hall of Famers like the immortal TJ Yates and oh, Matt yeah. Schaub. And Mark, don't mention the butt fumble because I still beat the Bengals Sanchez. Uh, And of course, Roscoe P. Coltrane himself, a.k.a. Philip Rivers, because literally every time I see Philip Rivers, he looks like a Southern sheriff and the Dukes of Hazzard because he'd be like, come on, we're going to get him. (laughs) I've always enjoyed enjoyed that game where we talk about what Ronnie, old man Ronnie Brown running for about a buck 50 on us in the second half as well. So, uh, and and, and the thing is, people don't understand, like, I love the Bengals. That's my squad. That's my team. But we had been Basura as our, as our Latino brothers and sisters might say for eons, we were hot garbage on a dock on a pier. Uh, We were, were a daredevil and, I'm watching Iron Fist, so I guess it's a little bit the same. We were where they would go fight on that pier and catch all the dirty dope and all the – it was just not good. It was not fun. It was terrible. And – Oh, go ahead. I mean, last year we were 4-12. and 4-12 and because it's a 17-game season this year. 4-12 and doesn't – 4-11 and 1, right? Uh, well, did we have a tie last year? I think year? we did have it because I think it was two and 14 the first year. Mm-hmm. Then we got Burrow. And then I think it was four because I know Zach was six, 25 and one. Did we, did we not tie the Eagles? We always tie the Eagles. I feel like. Yeah, that is true. We, we should not yeah, be yeah. allowed to play Philadelphia at least for a decade. Yeah, We yeah. can't play them for a while. Uh, some, something about green gives the Bengals bad games, which is why I'm happy that the Rams are yellow and blue because yeah. we have, we had a, we had a crazy game this year against green Bay. We lost to yet the, another hall of fame, immortal quarterback, Mike white. Oh, That's yeah. right. Yeah. We watched that game. We watched cards. that game together. That was a, a yeah. very fun one. Well, it's, it's a funny like game to like, look back on too, to be like, wow, like, um, you know, it's crazy to think that we are here. And then just not two months ago, our friend Addie, whose house we were at, was just screaming bloody murder at the Jets. Just was just going ballistic. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. And that make was on sense. the heels of beating the shit out of Baltimore yeah. in Baltimore. That's yep. been five and two. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this team is legit. Lose yep. to Mike White and get smoked by the Browns at home. And I'll tell you this much. I had no fear of the Bengals coming up when the Brian Flores scandal broke because Marvin Lewis was, was up was with us for like 13 years. Yeah. We gave I mean, that dude had there were black people that were like, you could you could find a new dude like we that dude had a long run. So I had no fear about that. So I've, I've been a very diehard Bengals fan. However, here's something that I don't know if even if you knew, Brett. I was a big baseball guy growing up, uh, and I didn't really watch football that much. Like, I had Tecmo Bowl and some other stuff, but Uh football was not my main sport. My earliest memory in life is of Joe, um, of Bengals life, I should say. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. My earliest memory of the Bengals is the Super Bowl where Joe Montana 
finds John Taylor with, I believe, 38 or 34 seconds to go. That is the only thing. That is the earliest football memory I have. So my first memory started with pain. And yes. uh, was another two plus decades of pain there. Yes. Until yes. now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I was alive for the Bengals' last playoff win and this one. And just given the record that we've been coming off of and everything else, it just, I mean, and you know, and I, w- I will say this I will publicly apologize to whoever made the Jamar Chase pick because I was thinking we need to draft an O-line. Now, now our boy Joe Burrow's ribs back in Tennessee might have been like, I'll take alignment. But <laughs> overall, I was wrong. I'll say it. So I was to I was I think most of the, the, well. the vast yeah. the vast majority of us. You know, now let me ask you. I know you did this. Didn't you at one point in the preseason have a Jamar Chase, maybe some oh, jersey man, that All you right, may so. or may not have offloaded before the season because of yes. poor, poor, poor preseason performance. Yes. So, uh, Bo, you may not know this, and uh, mm. your listening base. Uh, I am an autograph collector because, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, I'm super single. So uh, I us have t- us too. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, there's nothing. So there's no estrogen on this podcast. Listening, got it. Start right. our own podcast called Three Single Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think they have those. It's just called Boost at Comic Book Conventions. Every stereotype <laughs> has a nucleus. Now, uh, how can I put this? So, uh, I, Jamar was doing a signing in Houston. You know, I was able to use that lovely Bengals uh, employee discount, got a jersey, got it shipped down there, got it signed. And then I think the only thing he didn't drop in the preseason was a mixtape because uh, he was just dropping stuff left and right. It was and then bad. There was, yeah. And there was a video uh, that somebody had sent out. And I'm not going to go into the details of it, but let's just say it, it, it seemed like TMZ fodder, but nothing ever came of it. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big Iron Man fan, and Robert Downey Jr. had they had just announced his first signing ever, and I had like a limited edition Iron Man poster. And I was like, "How am I gonna fund this?" Oh, goodbye, Jamar. Now, uh, since then, I now have two other Jamar items in okay. my collection. One of which I got gratis. Uh, it's all certified. It's not like legit. It's not a fugazi. Um, uh, you know what I mean? So it's uh, a yeah. it's legit, and it actually worked out because. Uh, framing a jersey is expensive and they take up a lot of space so it all I've worked seen out your, in the your end. man cave with all the merch and everything so yeah you gotta you gotta maximum so what are the yes. items you have now yeah i have a uh bingles uh mini helmet and okay. and, a, and a and jamar's first uh game day program uh signed uh by yeah. mr chase uh, I have a I have a Burrow 16 by 20 photo that I'm going to frame, but I'm not getting it framed until after the Super Bowl because I feel like I'm, it's the dumbest thing ever. I, there's two things I'm doing suspicion wise. I'm not getting that photo framed until they win the game. And I'm trying to be optimistic because, I mean, I'm used to us losing early, so I never get my hopes up. Now you got to the freaking Super Bowl. I'm like, and we can't get there and lose because that's like having the prettiest girl in school hug you. It ain't what your goal is. And I can say you are the king of not getting your hopes up at those games. Of basically our, (laughs) well, other than maybe Nick Penders in our group, but like of the eight or nine of us that work games, you are always very like, okay, this seems like it's going well, but we're still the Bengals. I mean, it's just hard to, it's hard to shake that, man. I mean, (laughs) I'll put you this way. 
it'd be like your favorite wrestler that never wins winning the WWE Championship. Yeah. The Bengals are Mick Foley circa the Monday Night Wars. It's just like we're putting the title on who? It just doesn't I, feel right. Or so, Jinder Mahal in 2017 or whenever it was. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hate to say I forgot about that. Until mm-hmm. you said, or like them, like they, what they did yet. to my boy Big E recently. But we ain't going to talk about that yet because I'm going to finish this first. But mm-hmm. I, I refuse to buy. I was at a rally house. Up oh, name dropping. Sorry. Free sponsorship, I guess. Give me a dollar. Uh, I was at that. a... I was at a house of rallying sports materials earlier today, and I just saw people, and they had all this AFC championship gear out, and I saw people buying it in droves. And then I thought to myself, I have an AFC championship pendant, uh, a pennant signed uh, by Ken Anderson uh, from when I was a kid that I got him to sign the year I interned because he was the quarterback's coach. And I'm like, somewhere over in some third world country, unfortunately, there is a lot of Bengals World Championship merch <laughs> that has since disintegrated and it's been replaced by all the Buffalo Bills. This is a dynasty uh, merch. Three in a row. Yeah. Four oh, in a row. It would have been four in a row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. I just saw all that AFC Championship merch sitting there and I said, no. I said, I'm not doing it. I need Super Bowl I love champion it. merch. Because if I they win, if they win, I already I got purchases ready to go. I'm buying the commemorative ticket. Sure you do. Yeah. I'm buying the championship replica mm-hmm. ring. Uh, I got the program on the way. There's some other stuff, but I just saw that AFC championship merch, and I was like, it just felt so ominous. Yeah. Because like, it was just, I mean, as soon as you walk in the door, it's all there. Because of course they're trying to get that out the door. Yeah. But I was like, well, for one. If you buy that now and then you got to go buy the Super Bowl merch because people just bought AFC North Division merch. Mm. And I'm like, so that's three levels of merch. Yeah. I do stand up comedy and I don't have three levels of merch. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, I got yeah. here you go. Here's a couple of things. I was like, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I, I, I felt like Booker T. I was like, tell me I didn't see that. Tell me, me I did not. I did just not see just it. see that. <laughs> and of course, if the Bengals win, that's why they come with the all oh, shucky ducky. I, whack, I, whack. I, I love Booker T, but I need him to stop saying that. I also need him to get rid of that. I need him to get rid of that wild, wild west villain mustache curl that he's got mm-hmm. on the end now. That is the second worst black mustache behind the one that Michael Jordan had in all those Haynes commercials. I Where like Booker T. I've met Booker <laughs> T. The man is a legit 6'5 and 280, and it, I think 50 years old could still stump me into the ground. Uh, and I would hear Jim Ross in my head narrating it. So I'm not going to tell him. But if anybody has a way to get to Booker T, just be like, just, just shave that little curl. At the end. Just shave it off, dog. Just shave it. Just- you think would be in Booker T's fave five for the Bengals? <laughs> Ooh, man, that's a random question. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, I, okay, well, let's see. I'll have, if I'm going to do that, I'll have to answer this like Booker T. So, I, fi- I uh, figured nothing uh, less. Yeah. So let's see. All right, now, all right, now, dog. Okay, now, 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 see, now, first of all, uh, you've got to, you've got to appreciate uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow has swag. You know, I, I talked to my brother, Stevie Ray. Uh, I said, that boy's got swag. Uh, so definitely Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, a uh, whole lot of swag. You got to love it. Uh, not, not, not this kicker, Evan McPherson. I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't give kickers a, a whole lot of clout. Uh, also, my Booker T is like a combination of my Michael Irvin and my Stephen A. Smith or another bunch of other black dudes. So this may not be the best Booker T. But come on now, <laughs> dog. Uh, 
you, you, you got to go with money, Mac. You, know, you, you, you know what I'm saying there, uh, JBL. Uh, you got you got to go with that. Uh, you got to give uh, money, Mac. Some, and, uh, Andy Taylor. Uh, Andy Taylor uh, is a combination of uh, uh, Andy Dalton and Zach Taylor. Wait, what's, is Zach Taylor? <laughs> oh, Zach Taylor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is usually when Booker T loses it mid-speech. Yeah. And he forgets what he's talking about, like on the pre-shows of every WWE pay-per-view. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, but you got to give Zach Taylor his credit because this is, this is a man um, – that came up it's like when i was a wcw champion and i had to wrestle jeff Jarrett, and, and nobody wanted to watch that and uh you know and then a uh, five oh it's five five, uh, times. The, uh, five yes, times that's right uh the, my, 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 the last round up my last five uh I, I gotta go with uh i gotta go with Corey dylan uh Corey dylan was still uh great when he had bad teams um it was kind of like when i was wcw champion and we was on that last nitro that nobody wanted to watch uh and i was ready to go myself uh i gotta give Corey dylan that sway love it love it <laughs> Uh, so I was curious, uh, in 2000, what was the Bengals record? Whew. I didn't look it up, but, but is that really one of like the true horrible seasons that you, it was cause Bruce Coslett was the coach. Yeah. It was right? like a two and 14. Like it was like a two and 14, or I know we didn't get higher than like four and 12. Um, there were, I, I got to work with, uh, Bruce Coslett and I say work with, I mean, I was a paranoid, uh, terrified intern in the corner. Um, but he was there for three games. Um, because Bruce Coslett resigned, uh, because, uh, I remember, I see once again, my early Bengals memories. I don't remember the first two games. I don't remember anything about that Baltimore game except that we lost 37 to nothing. And this is how my wrestling and Bengals connections pop up again. I was at a friend's house watching what I think may have been, let me see here. We, we were owing through at that point. So it wasn't quite the Survivor Series yet, but it was on the road. And I remember the Bengals got beat 37 to nothing. And I went to my boy Ford's house to watch the pay-per-view. And I said, you know what, fellas? I wouldn't be surprised if when I got to the office tomorrow, they were telling me to call radio stations because Bruce Cosley got fired. Mm -hmm. And then I got to Paul Brown Stadium and then... Uh, my boss was like, uh, Chief, we're going to need you to go ahead and call a WLW because Bruce Coffin had apparently resigned. And then Dick LeBeau, the nicest man possibly to ever work for a sports franchise, uh, took over as coach. Dick LeBeau uh, is a soft gentleman with a very, I can't even do his voice justice. Um, think of Andy Griffith if he tried to play coach defenses. That's Dick LeBeau. <laughs> Uh, just the nicest man just the just like if he had been the head coach when 2020 jumped off he'd have been like well i know that all lives matter but right now we should focus on the black ones like he's just the nicest i was like you go ahead dick lebeau here's an honorary hood pass <laughs> so i looked it up we the Bengals were four and 12 that year and uh -huh. yes coslett owen three dick lebeau or four and nine and yes week three at baltimore september 24th 37 to nothing yep i Yikes. still remember 37 nothing yeah. ask me to name two ohio senators right now can't do it <laughs> but you'll remember 37. Do you, so what are some of your other, uh, you know, obviously so you're now on the game day staff <laughs> as I am. Mm -hmm. And I interned in 2013, 14. And a lot of us just, so have you been there since 2000? I, I missed, every year? I missed, I missed one season okay. when I was working for a newspaper because <clears throat> my boss called it a conflict of interest. And then there were some other things that happened that I'm like, this ain't a conflict of interest. Oh, they're paying us. All right, then. Mm -hmm. Um, so besides that, uh, 
been there up close and personal. Um, I saw the aftermath of Steelers playoff games. Yeah. Um, I saw, um, let's call it an altercation uh, in the locker room uh, among former players a long time ago. Um, I saw women when the Bengals had events out in town. I saw women throw themselves at a former redheaded individual that uh, used to uh, kick footballs. Um, ladies, any of you listening to this and you get mad at men for saying things like gold diggers or whatever else, you didn't see what I saw at the <laughs> former uh, bar in Covington, Kentucky, where there were some women that wanted them a whole lot of gram. And I don't mean honeygrams or teddygrams. I was going to say, is this the, I knew it was, but the kid yeah. that may have missed some kicks in the 2009 playoffs against yeah. the Jets, perhaps. Hey. Yeah, you know, what a shame. <sighs> yeah, I know. Shane. What, a, what yeah. a shame. Absolutely I will shameful. say this. That was the most, like, I know everybody loves Evan McPherson right now. But, I, I mean, Evan, I have not seen the swag that uh, the other kicker had. I was there, however, the kicker before him, because I was there for the dude that got into, like, bar altercations when he would miss kicks and then still go out in public back when the Bengals were Rackers? terrible. I, I, didn't say, I, I didn't say a man's name. I, I don't want to – I wouldn't put a man's name out there like that. I wouldn't put anybody's business out there. I'm just going to say uh, I can neither confirm – but I can definitely not deny that it was a man that may or may not have been Neil Rackers. Yes. Neil Hackers. <laughs> man. And Neil was like a decently like in shape dude. Like, you know how a lot of kids. Yeah, he was like, a big dude. Yeah. Like for a kicker, he was like a Brock Lesnar for kickers. Um, <laughs> he was like a Brock Lesnar for kickers, but with like Barry Horowitz's win loss record. That's right, folks. Barry Horowitz, look that one up. So a pat on the back for that one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, before we switch gears into your more your comedy career, because I know Bo's got some questions about that. I do. You were kind of hitting on some and we will get your Super Bowl pick at the end of the show. But um, I want to know, you kind of mentioned some bad shit. What are some of your positive favorite memories? Obviously, this year probably includes some of the most of if not all the highest but like throughout your 21 years around the team and even being a fan before what are some of your favorite memories i was present for the Corey dylan nfl rushing record game which was one of the weirdest games that i've ever seen Mm because i don't remember how many pass yards we had but i know that i could have thrown for that many um because we didn't have them um and uh who are you playing uh, we were playing the Denver Broncos, who Broncos. we also always have weird games against. Mm-hmm. We always have weird games against teams from the West. So that's the thing that's got me worried about the Rams, except for the fact that they were originally from St. Louis, although you could argue they were originally from it's L.A. Really so <laughs> I don't know how to feel because I'm like, are we going to get the St. Louis Rams or are we going to get the L.A. Rams? And, and then did and you I'm know like, before that they were from Cleveland? They were the Cleveland Rams originally. I did I not know enough. that. Yeah, yeah, they the only were. thing I know is living yeah. here, when it comes to Cleveland, all I get to hear about is people that are mad about the Guardians name change, yeah. which – it's not a great name, but it's at least not one that, you know, people had to worry about falling into line with critical race theory. Yeah. Uh, then I get to hear about the, the Cavaliers and then 
once you get past Dayton, Ohio, it's pretty much all Browns territory. Yeah. So uh, the Cleveland Rams, I don't think anybody for the most part remembers those. Oh, not uh, at all. Yeah. Just teams. Um, if you hadn't have said it, I would have been like, Cleveland Rams? Man, how's that volleyball squad? Like, I wouldn't know who <laughs> you were talking about. Uh, so, yeah. Real quick, uh, real yes. quick in that yes. game against Denver in yes. 2000, yeah. which was their first win of the season, actually. Yes, it was. I remember that. Your boy, Achilles Smith, two for nine, 34 yards pass. <laughs> I told you I could have thrown for that number of yards. Yeah. And then Corey <laughs> Dillon, 278 yards on 22 carries. Yep, I definitely I, remember watching the game as a kid. Um, and then Peter Warwick had three rushes for 90 yards as well. So Yeah, I forgot about – see, I, I forgot about Pete because if you remember, they discovered that P-Dub uh, needed contact lenses in his third season. I'm like, how did you play in college, get drafted like fourth overall, and be like, I can't see? Like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> what type of Mr. Magoo shit is this? Like, I just <laughs> – to this day, I thought you gotta be careful with your references today because I ain't trying to get canceled by anybody. But like that's offensive to Mr. Magoo people. I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, like goo heads. <laughs> like that man, yeah. Like comedy these days, like I almost feel like before I tell any joke on stage, I need to be like, the following is mirth designed for your entertainment. Like, but I, I digress. But yeah, some other, other Bengals memories. Let's see. Um, the the last home game of the 2000 year when I interned. Um, the uh, uh, Danny Farmer, uh, the immortal Danny Farmer, who was a Pittsburgh draft pick in 2000. And I think the third round who got cut that we picked up had a his career defining game in the last home game of the season. He had 100 yards receiving and he had never seen snow before because he was from the West Coast. So he had never seen snow in person. Wow. And then he goes out and has 100 plus yards receiving in that game. So I'll never forget that. Um, trying to think uh, other memories. Uh, trying to think of things that happened before you got there. I remember them. I was I remember Carson Palmer uh, getting drafted. I remember working his press conference. And I was like, this dude is really tall and very mild mannered. It's like Clark Kent if he never became Superman. <laughs> And I think the tenure played out like that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, got to, uh, I got to watch Chad develop into Ocho. Uh, that was all fun. the celebrations. That one, that oh, was yeah. so awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what season season that was. Yeah, yeah. And don't like, like forget that. the Reds were also bad at this time, except for like that 2005 game. And you know what? I know we're talking wrestling and football, but I got to say this. I knew it was time for Barry Larkin to retire when he did. And I love Barry. He's a, he's a Cincinnati native. But when yeah. he went and got the cornrows, I was like, come on, Barry. Come on. You're too old for those. Come on, Barry. I do remember that. I was like, come on, man. I said, you trying to start a rap label? What you doing, Barry? You can't you can't have those. But but I digress. And um, I, I, the, oh, I, I was going to say, I have a couple. I have this one memory. Of uh, like my fanhood started around uh, John Kitna in Marvin Lewis's first year because the Bengals were kind of always there. You know, I grew up in mm-hmm. rural Kentucky, not northern Kentucky. You know, so mm-hmm. like you know, you still had the Peyton Manning Colts. You know, like always on TV there uh, most of the time. But um, you know, it was that first season with Marvin Lewis and the Bengals started off bad, but they get um, went up to five hundred. And I think we were playing an away game or maybe it was a home game against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs okay. were undefeated. It was when they had mm-hmm. Trent Green. Um, yep. and Priest Holmes and all that. And the Bengals, like, you know, start going up. 
and uh, you know, they start building a lead and it's getting close to halftime and then it cuts away. And I think this is the first time the Bengals have been on Louisville area TV for the longest time. It cuts away. George Bush has invaded Iraq, like, and and, like, didn't get to watch the rest of the game. I think we ended up winning. Like we did. Yeah. Really good success against the Chiefs. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. It was like a landmark win for his, it was was like the first win when people felt like, Oh, this is different. Yeah. Bengals are that classic. We win games that we're not supposed to, or should have no shot at. And then we go out and have a jets game. Like that, we yeah. are that class. We are the team that I'm just picturing Gil from The Simpsons being like, "Oh, honey, I almost had it!" Like, yeah. just, he's just betting, and, yeah. and he's losing the house again. Yeah, you know. So, I, it, but I will say, like this year, like out of the like this playoff picture, we, I think we, I think the Bengals got. I almost said we, and I hate when people that aren't on the team say we. Like, hey, but we still. We still work for the yeah. team. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. Oh, so, so, so I'm the only offender here. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think we got the best case scenario to out of teams we could play, unless we were playing the the Philadelphia Eagles. Although we have weird games with the Eagles, so can the Super Bowl end in a tie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean we, definitely a favorable draw with the Raiders and Titans before the Chiefs. I mean, yeah. Sure. We, yeah. That certainly helped, but uh, yeah, I, you know who I wanted to see no part of was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, if, me neither. Because mm-hmm. if this if, if it had been the AFC Championship with the Buffalo Bills, I, if I had been Buffalo, I'd have been wheeling out everybody to reverse karma. I'd have had like Thurman Thomas flip the coin. I'd have had Scott Norwood kick the coin to the ref in the first place before he could flip it. I would have had them wheel Marv Levy out there because that man is still kicking. Uh, I'd have had Marv out there leading the national anthem. He probably can't even sing. I'd have had Jim Kelly out there. I'd have got Frank Wright because I'd have been like the Colts wasn't busy. I'd have got every former Bills player out there. I'd even got Steve Tasker to like rip off his CBS jacket and reveal a Buffalo Bill shirt, NWO style. I was like, I wanted no part of Buffalo. Plus, I know Cincinnati gets cold. I have been to Buffalo. We were not ready for that cold. Mm-hmm. Not this current yeah, crop. Woo. Well, it's going to be fun, but hey, we got 20 or so minutes left, so yes. let's shift a little gears into your comedy career. And, Bo, I'm going to hand you the reins here. Well, I, I, I do have one more Bengals related question, if that's all right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. And, and it's been really pertinent to what we've been do- talking about in the last week, particularly our last episode, about how one week ago today, you know, we were in Newport, Kentucky watching, you know, this game. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Bengals win, go to the Super Bowl uh, 56. Am I right? Yep. LVI? Yes. Yeah. LVI. And LV, LVI. And uh, football is keeping. I think football and Air Jordans are the only thing keeping Roman numerals alive. Oh, for sure. Except for that Super Bowl 50 when they, you know, little blight there, little blip. But uh, anyway, like we've been talking about how like waking up the next, the the day after on Monday and just not believing it, the disbelief, the process of what happened setting in. And I'm just curious, how was that for you in the past week? Dude, I didn't believe it was real till Thursday. And I just accepted yeah. it because I kept seeing people talking about the Bengals playing the Rams Monday through Wednesday. I was like, y'all, y'all bullshit. Y'all ain't going to get me like this. We ain't. I was like, mm-hmm. nope, we, we're in I'm like, oh, OK, this is just beyond. I have never seen this much orange and black outside of October 31st mm-hmm. in my life. Um, Great. I mean, yeah. the la- here's here's a factoid for anybody that's listening in Cincinnati. And for those of you that are listening outside of Cincinnati, thank you. Uh, second, Google this. 
The last time the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, they had a capacity crowd for an autograph signing featuring the SWAT team defensive backfield at Tri-County Mall, where there were police that were controlling the crowd. Now, here's why that's relevant. Has anybody who can has been there recently can tell you, you could film The Walking Dead inside of Tri-County Mall and not even need a permit. There is nobody in that mall. If it wasn't for the Cinnabon, that would be the world's biggest footlocker because that's all they got left. Here's how you know the black mall in a city. If it ain't nothing but cell phone stores and a footlocker and or champs, that's the black mall. And Tri-County Mall is now the official black mall brought to you by Nike and Poverty. There's nothing going on out there. Nothing. We're also big Cinnabon fans here. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to our friends at Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's trust great. me, I'm not hating on Cinnabon. Yeah. They pump that smell up. Like, I don't do drugs, but man, I can't imagine. If if if, any, if heroin is anything like trying to walk past the Cinnabon when you smell that and not get a hit, my heart goes out to you people in recovery because, oh, man. I, I mean, I feel like Will Smith, I mean, not Will Smith, I feel like Will Ferrell, like, it's just so good when it hits you in the note. Like, it's just, it's just so good. Let's talk comedy. Let's yes. Let's do it. Bo, I know you had some questions lined up here. Yeah, sure thing. So, um, as somebody myself who is, you know, A, a big writer, B, a big comedy writer, most of our, most of the narratives we've done on this show have been, I would, I would classify as comedies with, you know, a lot of dramatic elements. You know, it's just yes. sort of what we do um uh, Bo is a fellow Bo is a fellow funny seasons. <laughs> Bo is a fellow funny man let's put it that way I got, well, you actually look like a local Cincinnati comic and when I first saw it I was like man I said Billy changed his look up but well, I digress oh. shout out to Billy DeVore if you're listening hey Billy man I prefer the term goofball but uh anywho uh you know one thing that I've always heard is kind of when you break up into stand-up that like first experience is a big learning process, transformative. Lots of times I hear about it, you know, mm-hmm. going bad, but it's, you know, like a big, you know, foundation, a big step into something bigger. So what was your first performance like doing stand-up? So <clears throat> I had the thing that happened that hooks a lot of people. I had a fantastic uh, first set where people were laughing and the jokes in retrospect were terrible. I, I talked about something that I didn't even mean to talk about, didn't even had a half-baked concept. Mm-hmm. Because it just was not what it should have been. But I guess I had enough of a semblance of a stage presence or whatever to make it work. And uh, yeah, first set went great. Uh, Second set went great. I think it was my third or my fourth set. I went to a club that no longer exists called Jokers in Dayton, Ohio. And um, I've always said, if you ever meet a comedian that says they've never bombed, you have met a liar. Uh, and or future politician, if not both. Um, but uh, first sets were great. Uh, when you first come out too, you have to bring at minimum of most clubs of five people. For an amateur night, it guarantees the club and audience, they get their two drink minimum. And then they let you go up on stage and, you know, mess around and whatever. And um, yeah, the first couple ones went great. That first bomb, it was, an, it was, like, a, it was like a 50 minute drive home. You, you have a you have a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. You, I, I had a really I had a, one of my most epic bombs happened in Dayton. A uh, guy named Todd Lynn, uh, rest in peace, Todd. Uh, he had put me on this show, and it was a Central State reunion show. 
uh, it's like a prom for grown people. Um, and I don't know what y'all know about Central State, but I'm gonna put you this way. Let's just say that Tucker Carlson would never perform in front of this audience because woo, uh, it was a that was that, woo, that was that was blacker than black history, mother. They and they did not like anything that I had to say at all. Uh, they did not feel your boy at all because. Um, like, you know, I'm black in America, but I'm not like a like traditional Def Jam, whatever black. And I could perform for anybody, but this is back when I was a young dude and it, it, it did not go well. And they let me know. And I had an hour drive home. And the worst part was is that I had another dude named Tyrone Hawkins and Tyrone's just silly. He's just fun. Tyrone crushed before Todd went up to the club. Tyrone crushed it. And I got Tyrone the gig. And, uh, you know, we're leaving. We're driving home, going down I-75. And I didn't say, we didn't say anything for like the first 10 minutes. And I was just like, and I was the one driving. I was like, man, they hated me. And he was like, yeah, they did. I was like, man, shut up, man. You ain't helping. Uh, so first couple of times, definitely great. It's always a learning curve. You won't really get good um, if you stick with it. Although I've met plenty of people and know a couple of people that have been in it forever. And I'm like, you still doing that. Good for you. Um, the character of Kenny Banya on Seinfeld is not a character. Uh but yeah, you learn a lot. You learn how to like your stage presence. I learned mm. to slow down because I know I can talk very fast, but I can slow down. You learn how to change the inflection mm. of your voice. Yeah. Um, you know, you just sounded, learn a lot. Sounded like Dick LeBeau there. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot. And, you know, it's always funny because, you know, you'll hear people like, oh, man, I could never go on stage and do what you do. I'm like, well, you're a doctor. I'm kind of glad you picked that. We need those. Um, but uh yeah, man, there is a lot to learn uh, when it comes to comedy. Um, it's kind of like playing poker in the sense that it's very easy to understand the basics, but it takes like a lifetime almost to master certain things. And then it's just, you know, the way you think about stuff and the way you observe certain things. You know, like I was talking about, like you know, like there's different styles of comedy. Like I consider myself like an everyman who talks about what he sees in the world. Yeah, I got like some political jokes. I got some dating jokes. I got sports jokes. Um, you know, I got, a, you know, and I, of course I have jokes about being black and about white people because it's in the union. I have to. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to find, you know, what's interesting to you and what makes you unique. Like, it's always funny too, because people will be like, you know, I, when I do my podcast, I just like interview people and I'm not trying to like crack a bunch of jokes. I know that if people have never seen me before and they just hear me on a podcast, they'd be like, well, I mean, he made some valid points, but I wasn't chuckling. I'm like, I'm saving it for the stage, buy a ticket. And then you'll be like, yeah, that's, that's my favorite thing is when people who haven't seen me perform come out and see me. Cause they'd be like, you were funny. I'd be like, yeah, that was the point. You think I was going to go up on stage and be like, all right, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> like, well, and I've still yet to see you perform, but we'll have to make that change. And oh, we will. Yeah. Certainly been around you enough over these last nine years that I still think you're pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, I definitely hey. will have oh. to find a time to go to a show. But uh, you know what? You just reminded me of certain things that people say to comics after shows. Um, cause you know, I'm luckily at a level now where I'm using what they call either the feature act or the middle comic, or I'm the headliner. And it's one of those things where it's like the MC has the worst job on the show. Nobody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of the comedy clubs don't put that person up. So if they're on the road, they're paying out of the pocket. They sometimes have to go pick up the headliner. They have to do all the gopher work. 
it can be an awful spot. The middle spot is usually the sweetest because you go up and do 20 to 30. If you can sell merch, if you're not working with the headliner, who's a bit of a jerk, uh, they'll let you sell merchandise. And it's really, when you start to get good, it's so much easier to keep an audience's attention for 20 to 30 minutes than 45 to an hour. Because when you're headlining, when you're headlining, the people have been there. Now they've been drinking for at least an hour. And if you got a late show crowd and it's like a Friday, they were at work all day. So now they're irritated. If it's a Saturday, now they might be going to the club later or they just got back from the bar or you got that couple that's like, well, we stay in the house. One of us is going to be the subject of a Netflix documentary. So we need to get out before we kill each other. Like the late, the headliner has the, and you get the check drop. So everything goes from being funny to, all right, who had the chicken wings and the cheese plate? Like I pay for that. Like, Kiss my ass, Harold. You know what you had? Like, you got to deal with that. Uh, and then once that alcohol kicks in, that's why I, I just talked about this on another podcast recently. Somebody was talking about heckler, I'm like hecklers. Yeah. Um, hecklers, uh, we all hate, we hate you collectively. We all hate you. Even if we're being nice because we want you to shut up, we still hate you. Like, I was just helping. I'm like, I'm so glad you showed up because I had no idea what I was going to talk about for 45 minutes. I hope some jackass and an ill-fitting tight t-shirt that's with a woman that was probably hot circa 95 but now she has melted into that botox that's worn off i pray that they show up so i'll have something to talk about because lord only knows what i'll do if they don't it's like kiss my ass like hecklers you all you all can catch covid with no vaccine and spread it to the rest of your family because they probably jerks for not stopping you did i make this clear enough nobody go to hell hecklers go to hell and the thing is, there's, too, a, there, like, there's a reason the word heck is in it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like my Not a coincidence. Goal, you, I give everybody like a like a three system. Like the first one, I'll say something that's funny off the cuff to get you to be like, stop and let you know that I'm in control. The second one, I'll say something that's a little bit like not meaner, but smarter to be like, maybe they didn't get. And then the third time. Oh, I just go for blood. The last joke. On my second album, available on uh, iTunes and Amazon, as well as directly from DeBarbMcCord.com. On my second album, the last joke on that album is a true story, but it came out of a time I did a college, I did a show, and there was a a group of eight dudes that I thought they were a college group, they were a bunch of bachelor party dudes, and... Uh, there were a bunch of bros, and I don't mean Matt Riddle bros either, like the fun type of bros. Yeah. I just mean like straight up like '80s movie villain bros, like some of us, some Matt nerds. Riddle here. So yeah, yes, I feel exactly. <laughs> and they were just they were in full bro mode, and I was like, oh, see now I gotta embarrass y'all in front of the women that you thought you might be able to talk to at the bar next door. So I started talking about them, and then I went to a story that I had never told before. This is on a paying gig. Uh, on a Friday night, I was doing, I was featuring, which means I had like 25 and I took like the last 10 minutes to tell this story about how I almost got into a fist fight um, at an advanced screening of the movie Sausage Party back in 2016. Yeah. That movie's ridiculous. Yes, it is. The whole, the whole experience was from yeah. start to finish. But I, I saved, I'll save that for another time because I know we ain't got that much time left. Yeah, but you have any, we could go a little past four here. You got oh, yeah, any for other? Sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, no, that's ahead. great. Well, you know, just another observation. I imagine like when yes. people decide to heckle, like what the thought process, they're at the table with like the group that you imagine. It's such a dick measuring contest. You know, I bet someone's yes. just like, yeah, I'll show them. 
you know, and then on the well, car ride yeah. home, everyone's going to be like, yeah, look how cool you were for doing that. And it's like hardly ever does it work out that way. Nope. You know, you know what it's like? I said it. I just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen an 80s movie that's set in a high school. Yeah. It's like, the okay, so you got the villain usually played by Billy Zabka of Cobra Kai and Karate Kid fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's usually a dude like that that thinks he's either going to impress his girl or impress his boys. And then you always get that girl where she's like, I'm hot, but he's my boyfriend. Tee-hee. It's like, no, you dumb bitch. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you got that going on. It's just like, it's just never good. But I'll tell you this, drunk women are by far the worst. Because yeah. no yeah. one, Bill Burr said this, no one has ever told a cute woman in her life to shut up. So when she hears it for the first time and when it's in public, it's bad. And then if she's drunk, they want to debate and draw it out. And it's like, no one paid to hear you. No one. The dude you're with would pay to not hear you right now. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Let let this happen so you can go back to work on Monday and act like your dream still might come true, even though you know good and well that you are driving a 98 Honda Civic, probably with the bumper halfway off and a wheel that shimmies the way you used to before you gained 20 pounds. So, madam, shut up. Like, see, I just go straight. I just go. So is that an example of like what how you would address a drunk woman heckling you? Okay. Yes. Like, and and, and there's there's different ways. Like, sometimes. People just forget how loud their voice is. So if I'm doing a joke and then you hear somebody being real loud, I might make a joke like, oh, snap. I guess somebody got chicken wings they can't afford or something like, oh, my gosh, everybody heard me. It's like, yes, we all heard you, Bethany. Shut up. Like, you know, so there's, there's like different levels to it. But if someone is trying to be like outright, like I did a show in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and I, 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 this will let you know when this happened. Uh, the crowd was they came it was it was another uh it was a it was a hip-hop show night um and uh given this plaid uh polo shirt that i'm wearing um you can guess how much they thought how much hip-hop knowledge i had although i used to go do mc battles eight mile style when i was in college before that movie because i'm worried so yes that that helps with being on stage anyhow crowd in columbus starts to heckle and then i just go full rampage i'm like you know what that's all right Go ahead and boo if you want to. You home of the suck eyes. Y'all can't win anything. No way. Y'all ain't won a national title since Maurice Claret couldn't spell his way into the championship game. Oh, I'm sorry. Too close to home. You got Greg Oden right now. Greg Oden is the only dude in college basketball. This guy an endorsement deal coming from Metamucil with his old looking ass. I just I just started. I don't remember half of what I said, but I just went in on Columbus. And Love the crowd it. started laughing. I went back to my regular material. They were like, eh. <laughs> I was like, shitting right. on Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. I'll take go. I'll take all that you got. Sure thing. See, I that's another thing about this. People are sitting around yelling, who day? And this and that. And I'm like, um, for, for many years, day was just the, whoever we played. I'm like, I can't get <laughs> I cannot become an over trash talking fan because for one been, season. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we're in the championship game a year after we thought that head coach on a lot of other franchises would have been fired. Yeah. Well, we, we, so we had Alex Marvez on in the yes. summer and asked him about his thoughts on the Bengals going into the season. And like everyone didn't have the highest expectations, um, you know, mentioned the Browns beating the Steelers last year was a changing of the guard in the AFC North and that they yep. were a Super Bowl contender. Well, 
Obviously, that's not how it planned out, but Bo and I did get a kick out of one thing Marvez said was that at the end of last season that Mike Brown gave Coach Zach Taylor the dreaded vote of confidence, which you know all about. But, uh, Uh hey, the dreaded vote of confidence fucking worked out. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Well, here's the funny thing. Um, After we beat the, uh, I believe it is the, I also had to catch what city they're in. After we beat the Las Vegas Raiders, um, uh, I was just like, man, I can't believe we won that game. And then the next week we had that game against the Tennessee Titans. And I had a show that night driving home. I stopped at a gas station to go get a frozen slush. Cause Hey, healthy choices. Why not at 1140, right? At 1140 at night, who do I see pull into the gas station parking lot? But Mike Brown, Cincinnati Bengals owner, driving himself in a very, very no frills American made, very sedan. pedestrian car. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's 1140 at night. The city's just like raging and ram. And I just happen to go to this one quiet gas station in the suburbs of Cincinnati. And then I see Mike Brown and I'm like, what? The? And he, I know he doesn't know who I am. I'm like, you know, he's, I, I know I could have told him that I was Curtis Keaton digging the crates for that reference kids. Um, and he wouldn't know who I was. And I just go, Mr. Brown, great game today. And he's like, yes, yes, it was. Thank you Tabari. <laughs> and that was it. Just, just the most basic, weird. I see the owner of a major sports franchise getting his own gasoline in a yeah. regular American sedan. At, at, at what point in time, up until this last game, was the biggest win in team history under his tenure? Yeah. And I'm just like, that fits. I mean, how yeah. surreal was it seeing him get the Lamar Hunt trophy? And he's like, people in Cincinnati are going to be hooting through the night. And it was just so good. Like, yeah. it was just, and it was this duster peak coat like it yeah. was you know what it is outstanding it takes it it takes an entire team but i am a big believer that you cannot win a championship although there's one exception and his name is eli manning you cannot win a championship if your quarterback is just if, if your quarterback looks like a guy that could work at like lowe's or the apple store he's not a championship caliber guy tom brady i mean that's a very basic name the man got giselle Yes, some swag there. Who makes uh, more money than him? Yeah. Yes, Peyton Manning, great SNL actor, uh, great actor. Uh, love him on the ESPN cast. Uh, but when it came time to be football, Peyton was all business. You know what I mean? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's what I call like this. He's he's like this current generation's like version of like a guy. I don't even know what category you'd put him in. He kind of reminds me of like a. Uh, it's like a kid cutties on the brain, but it's just like that generation of like, the, yeah. you can't define us old people. It's just like Patrick Mahomes is a great guy for that. Just whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's got some sweat. He's got Sierra. He's got Sierra. So once mm-hmm. again, you know, he Russell got Wilson, a.k.a. Yes. Max Caster. Yeah. <laughs> That's like mm-hmm. when when the acclaim mm-hmm. first popped up. I think Bo said it. Like, yeah. yeah, that one dude looks exactly like Russell Wilson. I think so it was like you know, first Wilson. or second, oh, wow. first or second observation, probably second behind how I didn't like his rap. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you this. Uh, Max Caster is like what going to an open mic night is like. You're gonna hear some yeah. good lines. That's but very be, good. Yeah. But they're gonna be delivered real awkwardly. 
Oh yeah. Yow. Yow. <laughs> well, well, then you he have bu- he's bu- grown on me a little bit. Well, we then you have Bowens, Bowens, who's his hype, who's his hype guy, who's way more emotive. Like he's the guy you're yeah. there to watch. You know. Yeah, Caster's grown on me a little bit, but yeah. hey, uh, let's start to wrap this up here. Do you have a Super Bowl pick? We're gonna yes. hold off on ours. If you don't yet, that's fine. But nope, anything nope. you want to say about the Super Bowl right now? And so, then we'll let you let you plug some stuff and okay. we'll get you going at it. Uh, well, no problem. Uh, let me see. Here. Well, first, uh, I'll do this in the point counterpoint. I'm going to do this uh, Shannon Sharp on the negative and Michael Urban on the positive. Let's uh, hear it. Now, uh, now uh, I need you to toss to Shannon, uh, Skip Bayless, so that I can talk about why the Rams, are, why, why Shannon would say the Rams will win this game. Shannon, why do you think the Rams will win the Super Bowl next week? Uh, now, 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 first of all, Skip. Uh, this is uh, this is this is set up uh, perfectly uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams have Matthew Stafford. He's a gamer. He's proven that over the course of his career. He was the only man that Detroit could lie on that was not named Calvin Johnson. And Calvin Johnson is long gone now, Skip. You know that he's he's obviously gone. Uh, so uh, you, you throw in the fact you've got uh, Cooper Cup uh, who catches everything like he has a cup in his hand. Uh, you've got uh, Aaron Donald, p- potentially the best player in the entire NFL. Uh, that's not named Shannon Sharp because uh, I'm retired now. Uh, so you got to give it to LA on that front. Uh, now I know Michael Irvin, you have a different point of view. Now, now let me now, 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 now Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, you got to understand this is a big team here, right? This is a big team. They got they got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. It's kind of like when I was with Troy and Emmett back in the early nineties. We got swag. Bengals got swag. Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool. That, that, that boy's talent. I'm going Cincinnati Bengals, uh, 31 27 in a game for the ages. What you say about that, Shannon Sharp? Uh, we'll see. And I'm going to go 31 27. Cincinnati Bengals ending three decades of pain and misery. Uh, although I have already pictured every worst case scenario in my head. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Um, <laughs> I've pictured. I have pictured going to the bathroom. I'm having a small gathering. I have pictured going to the bathroom and coming back and then seeing Brandon Allen in the game and having a panic attack. Uh, Uh, I have pictured seeing Jamar Chase and T Higgins on the ground after the world's weirdest helmet to helmet hit when neither one of them caught the ball on an interception. Uh, You've covered it all, haven't you? Oh, I've even seen Kevin Huber accidentally in my mind, in in my sleep, I saw him punt the ball and it somehow went backwards, caught in a jet stream. You remember real quick, there was a punter the Bengals signed in one of my 2014, maybe at the end, because when Huber got knocked out by Antonio Brown, they went through a cavalcade of punters. This dude's Mm -hmm. name was Sean Powell, tall blonde dude. He was on the team for a few weeks. He had, I believe it was a two yard punt. It it just went straight out of bounds and into (laughs) the stands. Like, I'll just never forget that, the Sean Powell punt. (laughs) All I know is if we lose, I I don't want us to, but I know there's a possibility. If we lose, there's one of two things. It's it's going to be heartbreaking, but it's either going to be one of those things where if we have to lose the game, I want it to be something that we did on our own where we just like we just didn't get the first down or something. I don't want it to be like a wacky call. I also don't want it to be one of those classic Bengals like when Scott Mitchell tried to throw a pass with the wrong hand. Or, you know, I don't want it to be like Clark Harris, our long snapper, losing his mind and snapping the ball 3,000 yards backwards. Like, 
like Christmas just, in Denver in 2005 or six, yeah. whatever. It, it was Brad St. Louis, but yes. yeah, you you know what I'm talking yes. about. I just I just want a good game, and you know good, what? Clean game. Mm-hmm. Yes, and in the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible because I just got a match on Tinder. So we'll see how that goes. So take that as a good omen, ladies and gentlemen. If I can get a match on a dating app, anything is possible. This may be a false profile, but I'll check that after the show. Oh, hey, this has been amazing, man. Yes, it um, is. I know we talked about this in the press box. Like, hey, why don't let's do each other? Let's do some collaborations. So, sure. uh, yes. we would love to hop on your show at some point For if sure. you'd ever uh, be interested in having us. Because obviously, we didn't get to talk really much wrestling at all today. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even we'll, talk we'll, about that terrible Royal Rumble paper you <laughs> just had. No. We covered it a little bit last Yeah, we chatted week, a little but, bit uh, about it. The Bengals we'll, kind of pushed we'll, it aside, but yeah. Maybe we could bring you back on around WrestleMania time, too. That'll be be great. And, Bo, I promise that I will let you get more words in. I know this was kind of like – I know you were sitting there on the sidelines like, well, they know each other, and you're just trying to get a sentence in. Folks, I promise you I'll make this promise to you now. We'll get more Bo time for your time. Good deal. Bow time is always great time, but hey, I mean, bow time is better pl- than no time, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. Why don't you plug uh, whatever it is you want to plug here? All right, you got any upcoming shows or anything yes. of the sort? So let's see here. You can always go to www.tabari t a b a r i mccoy m-c-c-o-y dot com you can check out the latest film reviews uh as i mentioned jackass is up there right now a uh, jackass forever that is uh, you can see where i'll be performing um got some shows coming up in indianapolis at helium comedy club uh, i am scheduled to be hitting uh wisconsin later this year going out to oregon to go headline out in medford oregon which i know nothing about so if you know anyone that lives in medford please tell them to go find what may be the only black dude in the state not named damian lillard uh, to come out and watch me perform there. Uh, podcasts are out. Uh, I got some with, I got former bingo Ken Anderson on one. I interviewed oh, Ryan nice. Leaf uh, on another oh, episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's um, that, yeah. You know, there's a couple of things out there. And uh, yeah, follow me on all the social medias at Tabari McCoy, except I'm not joining TikTok. Okay. Not doing it. I had AOL Instant Messenger, I had MySpace. I've gone through enough social media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's it. I'm not going on Discord. I don't even know what that is. I'm not going on WhatsApp. I'm not going on anything else. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll leave the ticking talking to my watch and everybody mm-hmm. under 25 and all the dancing grandparents. I'm not doing it. All right. Mm-hmm. No more. No more. I even no had TikTok. a Snapchat. I'm not even doing Snapchat. They got rid of all the nudity on Snapchat. So what do I need to go on there and look at anymore? There's nothing. All right. I'm out. Okay, Zoomer. (laughs) Well, thank you again to Bari. Seriously, this was outstanding. And who fucking day, baby? Let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Oh, man. Seriously, if they win this, I hope the city doesn't burn to the ground. But actually, Cincinnati won't burn to the ground because everybody's going to be way too full of chili. (laughs) 